Welcome to Main Thing Radio with Robert Fountain, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Miami Beach, in Miami Beach, Florida. Join us as Robert teaches through God's Word. Listen to it. He's made some incredible promises in the Scripture for those who will look to Him and trust Him. If you're concerned with knowing and obeying His will day by day, He will make sure that you know what it is, and He will enable you, He will empower you, give you the grace to actually live it out. But He will also let you reject Him and live in rebellion, even though that's a really foolish thing to do. God gives you free will to either choose or reject Him. In today's message from Pastor Robert, he encourages you to put your faith in Jesus. God does not force his love on anyone. However, he desires for you to turn to him and trust him with all your heart. His word is firm and secure, and he is faithful to his promises. Listen to the knocking on your heart and choose Christ. Stick around after today's message from Pastor Robert. I have quite a bit of information that I'd like to share with you. Our web address, podcast subscription information, and our contact information. Now here's Pastor Robert in the book of Hebrews chapter 10 with today's edition of Main Thing Radio. Luke chapter 18. It's a familiar story to many of you, I'm sure. In verse 10, Jesus said, Two men went up to the temple to pray. One a Pharisee, the other a tax collector. Now remember that the tax collectors were all thieves. You know, and in those days, the, the way they, you know, they, they were, I'm sure, paid a little something by the government, by the Roman government, but they were viewed as, as being traitors. You know, Jewish tax collectors were, were, were traitors to their own people because they're working for Rome, extorting money out of the Jewish people, you know, and, and they got rich because they, they basically could take extra and, and, uh, and keep it. And Pharisees, it's believed that the term came, it meant pious ones, you know, like you've seen the Hasidic Jewish people around here, you know, in our neighborhoods a lot of times, you know, with the curls and the black outfits and the black hats and, and the wigs and, and all of that, the Hasidim, well, they're basically like direct in line from this group, the Pharisees, really serious about the law, really serious about studying the scriptures. It was more important than anything else to them. So here you've got this Pharisee and this tax collector in the temple to pray. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank you that I'm not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, even this is this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I possess doing everything I know to do. And the tax collector standing afar off would not so much as raise his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. 
You see, the Pharisee thought that his membership in that group, you know, he was part of that group that they did everything right, they behaved themselves, they tithed, they, they gave generously, you know, they kept the law, they did, they did all these things, and, and, and so he believed that his generosity and his good behavior guaranteed his place in heaven. The other guy just knew he had no hope in and of himself. He was hopeless, so he just begged for mercy. Jesus said that was the man who left in God's grace that day, the one who just said, I, I'm just not, I, you know, he just couldn't even look up. I'm a sinner. Please have mercy on me. And God said, yes. If you've been relying on your Southern Baptist baptism or your Catholic confirmation, you're doomed. You're doomed. Because that really doesn't impress God. Your generally good behavior, your generosity. I remember when the first, I think it was the first trip that I took to Israel many years ago. Our tour guide pointed out, I forget where we were, but he, he pointed down into this valley and there was a, a town there. Don't remember which one. I just remember it was just big, beautiful, ornate Catholic church. And he said, Frank Sinatra built that. Interesting little piece of trivia, right? Frank didn't get his money's worth. You understand? Do you understand what I mean? He didn't get his money's worth. So many people over the centuries have tried to do that by God's favor with good deeds or big gifts, forgetting that it's all his anyway. If he wants it, he can take it. It's all his anyway. Your life, your breath, your giftings, your talents, your resources, your money, your intellect. I remember many years ago, I had a small business you know, we, we did like home oxygen and things like that. And, and I, I delivered a, an oxygen concentrator to a man that uh, his doctor wanted him to have it set up because he was going to have open heart surgery. And so he wanted it in place so that when the guy came home from the hospital, it would already be there and he would have been instructed on how to use it and, and all of that because he figured he'd need it for a couple of weeks after surgery. And so we did. I met the guy, you know, and big man, a little bit on the rough side, you know, just a little, little rude, you know, a little impatient. And um, I dropped it off. And about three or four weeks later, I went back to pick it up. And this guy was cheerful and sweet and gentle. And I, and I noticed something's a little different, not quite right here. And his wife said to me, yeah, he's the sweetest eight-year-old you ever met. I said, excuse me? She said, yeah, he, he's been that way since the surgery. From one day to the next, basically, he went from being a normal, you know, smart, 60-something-year-old man to a little child. He lost his mind. Apparently, in something like 2% of people who go through open-heart surgery, that happens after the fact. Sometimes I wonder, you know, if God doesn't have a hand in those things. Certainly, He does. Do you understand? Everything you are and everything you have is His. Except your heart. Except your heart. The real you. I've known a lot of people who call themselves Christians because they'd once been baptized or confirmed or, you know, whatever. But their heart was focused first and foremost on a, on a plan which they had concocted and which they were attempting to live out, really without consulting God, just, you know, just like expecting Him to bless their agenda, living with themselves at the helm, and without a U-turn, they don't even realize they're headed straight for hell when they die. Separation from God. 
because they're living right now separated from God. Do you understand? So if you're living your life right now basically separated from him, kind of hoping he's tagging along back there somewhere, he's not. He's pursuing you. That's different because that pursuit stops one day and he just releases you. Romans chapter 1 says that's his wrath. He just, okay. You wanted to be on your own, you're on your own. You wanted to be separated from me, so you are. And we call that hell. Matthew 7, 22, Jesus said there are going to be a lot of people who will be surprised by that on judgment day. Do you remember the, the statement? Many, many will come to me saying, Lord, Lord, we did this, we did that, we did all these things in your name. And he said, I never knew you. One final example as we close. Ephesians 4.28, the Bible says, Let him who stole steal no longer, but rather let him labor, working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give him who has need. You know, very few Christians can honestly say that their primary motive for going to work every day is so that they have something to give away, something to share with people who have need. Very, very few Christians can honestly say, that's why I work, so that I have something to share. That's the motive for my education. It's the motive for my work, the motive for my job. And yet that's what the Bible says our motive should be. Not self-centered, others-centered. Jesus promised that all of your needs will be taken care of if you're looking to him. The reason for your work can be to have extra to give away. If your heart is still self-centered, then you're not serving Jesus in your job. You're serving yourself. Now, please understand, I'm not hammering you in all this to condemn you and make you feel bad. I don't, want, I don't want any of you to suffer because I wasn't faithful to warn you. You understand that? I'm not trying to make anybody feel bad. But some of you do need a wake-up call. How do I know? Well, because God, who is omniscient, omnipotent, omnipresent in his divine foreknowledge, decided that you and I should be looking at this passage together today. I didn't write this for you. He did. So listen to it. Listen to it. He's made some incredible promises in the Scripture for those who will look to Him and trust Him. If you're concerned with knowing and obeying His will day by day, He will make sure that you know what it is, and He will enable you. He will empower you, give you the grace to actually live it out. But He will also let you reject Him and live in rebellion even though that's a really foolish thing to do. If that's what you've been doing, this is your opportunity to change that. The book of Hebrews contains a unique passage that is many times referred to as the Hall of Faith. This section gives us a synopsis of people who followed their Creator without knowing the end result or with having each step laid out for them. It wasn't easy, and these icons of trust were definitely not without flaw. God used them, though, to accomplish great things in their time and to set in motion pockets of kingdom work that would continue to change lives for countless generations to come. Did you know that you too can be counted in God's Hall of Faith? Today, you can choose to place Jesus first in your life. Even if you don't know where the road is leading, faith isn't easy, but Jesus is the greatest guide. 
We're so glad you tuned in to Main Thing Radio today, and we'd like to tell you how you can listen to more of Pastor Robert's messages. Here's Tracy to share how you can subscribe to our podcast. Life these days moves fast. From one appointment to the next, most of us race through our days with blinding speed. Those in-between moments are great opportunities to connect with God. Subscribe to the Main Thing Radio podcast to enjoy messages like you heard today, anytime, anywhere. Simply log on to MainThingRadio.com and click on the podcast button. Thanks, Tracy. And thank you for listening to today's edition of Main Thing Radio.